guys. Welcome to Touch by Prayer. I am so excited. Oh my gosh, it is going to be such a fantastic show. If you guys missed my interview with Gina Phillips back, I think it was in November. Holy moly, hold on to your hats because I am going to tell you the information that you are going to get from her is going to blow your mind. She has been so gifted with understanding and she has so much wisdom. So you are going to have your mind blown. But not only are we going to talk about some stuff, but we're going to teach some stuff. How about that? So you guys are going to get some uh, some education and you're going to get some tools and things that are going to help you to, uh, to navigate through some of the stuff that we've been going through. Because my goodness gracious, hasn't it been kind of a... Uh, um, a crazy 2021. We'll put it that way. So we're going to we're going to answer some questions. We're we're going to definitely do some um, give you guys some information that you can take and you can apply to your life. But also we want you guys to be interactive. So make sure that you you comment. So without further ado, I would like to bring in Gina Phillips. Thank you so much, Gina. You are so awesome. I am so excited that we're having you back here on Touch by Prayer. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm glad to be back. Well, it is going to be such a fun, fun time here on Touch by Prayer. Everybody already is piling in and just there. Look at this. Woohoo! Love Gina. We're so excited. Come on. We have all of these <laughs> different people who are just so excited that you are here as I am too, because there has been so much. First of all, the cool thing is that um, you have been decoding, which is so cool. And we're, I'd like to talk about what it means to decode. Just for those people who don't really understand, I think that if we can kind of just get a little bit of a background of what you do and um, and why you do it. How about that? Mm -hmm. um, so I am a recently retired licensed professional counselor who specialized in trauma and specifically dissociative identity disorder. Um, and the decoding, it's, it's like my least favorite part of what I do. But I discovered in um, working with individuals who were victims of ritual abuse mind control um, that the programming in them is like a language and that movies and music and literature are used in the programming process. And so by decoding them, I mean, deprogramming them and helping them to break the programs, I'm able, I have been able to watch the movies, videos, um, inaugurations, different activation times and tell what their messages they're sending out. I can't do the small ones because it's just too deep and too too many rabbit trails, but big ones like inauguration, Super Bowls, Emmy, stuff like that is pretty easy. Okay. And that's what I mean by decoding mm -hmm. is to be able to see messages that are sent out from higher up people in the cabal, the cult, the you know, the Illuminati who are activating the masses of mind control slaves. Okay. So, so some of the things, and I actually, um, I actually heard you. And when I heard, I heard you being interviewed and uh, on the Mac files. And I was like, Oh Lord, I want her on my show. 
<laughs> because you have so much information and what what I truly love about how you do it is <laughs> I tried to explain somebody because they're like, well, who is Gina Phillips? I said, okay, if I can, this is Gina Phillips. Okay, so we're going to just get rid of this demon. It's not a big deal. We're just going to go take care of it. And it's not going <laughs> to be a big deal. And okay, so what we're going to do, and then when the demon falls, you're going to make sure that you're going to kick it. You're going to kick it really hard. <laughs> and they were <laughs> laughing. They were laughing. They thought, oh my gosh, how funny. But it's like you have such a beautiful way of talking about some of this stuff that to some people might be afraid, but you just have this like, it's just what I do. It's not a big deal. We're just going to get rid of it. <laughs> We're just going to deal with it. And so every time you've broken down some of these things and you're, you're talking about some higher level, higher level principalities that have been like ingraining and been programming people for such a long time, but God has really given you this, this greater understanding your, um, your ministry is darkness to light. And so here you are bringing not only in your ministry, but now to the world through these different interviews. So I just really want to kind of to talk about it. And so do you want to, do you want to do some questions and do you want to talk about that, that Super Bowl since we were talking about it? I kind of feel that's yeah. what we're going to do. Okay. So you've gotten, how many letters do you usually get on a daily basis? How many emails? I don't know. Like I've actually have other people helping me because I cannot get to them all. And it's the whole gamut. It's people from around the world even. But right. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, this is just one. And I felt like, because we were talking about the Super Bowl. So I figured, hello, this is a question that was sent to Gina. And it says, as you can read, you know, you decoded the Super Bowl performance. So, so what do you have to say now when they say an A tier and a one entity, like I read that and I was like, all right, I have no clue what that means. So can you just kind of elaborate on it? Yeah, I think they're talking about, I think they're a little mixed up when they say a tier one entity and a tier zero. Um, I think what they're meaning is, in order to understand how um, how people are programmed and how they're activated and their behavior controlled, um, the system is set up so that you have, I explain it this way, there's a tier zero and that is people that nobody sees in public. Those are like the cabal people that interact directly with the powers, principalities through rituals and get their information for how to run the show, right? So they're hidden, they're tier zero, and they're your high, high bloodliners that are not up front. And so they'll give out, you know, they'll get from, let's say a principality, what they're ready to call, bring into play here in the US. And so then tier one would be your public leaders. So they're the people you would have like presidents or popes or people who are, um, out in the public eye and they'll give a message on Twitter or they might be in the um, inauguration or they might be in, um, you know, some kind of message. And it's going to be coded with everything from clothing to hairstyles to jewelry to um, words. And so these give out, they activate programs inside individuals in the masses 
who who were programmed and so then that's tier one the leaders so then you begin to see tier two pick up what they've seen happen in tier one and that's your media entertainment music industry and so they'll begin to start showing commercials and and cer show certain episodes of shows to activate what came from tier down the tiers and then it begins to go to tier three and so you would have people in a local area um, of your community or your city that would have even more direct um, okay. communications. And so I think what, that's what they mean. What tier activates the Super Bowl? Who, who decides what happens in the Super Bowl? Well, see, that would have come from the top down. They would decide, you know, and somebody said, did weekend you know, write the Super Bowl? No, it wouldn't be like that. It's just, there's the actors and the entertainment. They're just puppets. Mm -hmm, they're they just are on. just out there to make us go a certain way to follow their culture. You know, if you're not programmed and if you are programmed, they're there to activate and certain programs. If I may just ask that they're, they're to me, it seemed like the commercials this year, I don't know if it's because I'm woke, <laughs> could be, <laughs> um, but the commercials this year were just like, okay, wait, now, come on now, this is real, like, come on, this was, I've never noticed commercials being so in your face about certain things that even just general people were picking up on it. So do you do you think that there was a purpose for it being so in your face? Well, I didn't watch the Super Bowl and okay. I didn't watch the commercials. I just find it online because I stopped watching live TV many, many years ago. And commercials are, in my opinion, the worst. For How many years have we had commercials where people go, what were they selling? What was the commercial even about? Well, that's because it's really more about getting out a code and mm -hmm. activating something or keeping a code, um, a program running inside of somebody than okay. it is about the selling, especially with the very uh, big, broad companies. So, yeah, but yeah, for I, I, we stopped watching, we watched television, but no commercials, one show for like 30 minutes as a family and it's like on video or something with no commercials and it'll so be the like whole, a food so the show Hallmark the Hallmark channel until it got <laughs> not safe. <laughs> and that's so weird because like when I decode something, like I've not even seen it. Like I just mm -hmm. saw the matrix the first time about a month ago and people laugh. It's like, Oh, okay. I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. um, I only do this from seeing what's inside of people and having studied the different storylines of the gods in mythology. Yes. Because what you end up finding is like all the songs, all of the shows really are the story, same stories with a different twist. And so the way God taught me through prayer and fasting to help pe decode people is somebody would have these shows activate something and God taught me to say, what story of mythology parallels that song in their head and that would let me identify the entity because the mythology the gods are real entities they're real fallen and i could pray and break it and get them out so that's how holy spirit taught me <laughs> that is so that. now i think that's really interesting because coming from a catholic background um and i loved greek mythology 
for, for so long. But there was something when I became a believer, there was something on the inside. And I even said to my son, who was very much into Greek mythology because he was a young boy. And I, I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like those are, that's not a story. I feel that those are real, but I didn't understand. Like I just didn't understand until recently. Oh, wait, they really are real. <laughs> and, you know, we used to think people of old were just dumb and mm -hmm. uneducated. Mm -hmm. No, actually, it, they aren't stupid. They were as smart as we are. They were mm -hmm. really getting power and interfacing with these entities and hybrids. And somewhere they didn't want us to know they were real and made it probably before humanism came in or something, you know, when we right. became godless for a while. But, right. Yeah. Well, and you also think about like some of the, the, the fairy tales, the fairy tales that they turned into these beautiful, happy little, really are dark. They're really like when you start to look and, and, and understand them, they're like some serious, dark, dark stories. Like you want to be. They were used for programming before we had TV. Some oh. of my older clients that are like my oldest one is 70. Okay. But yes, they have more literature that was used in their okay. programming. Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, and so much more. The nursery rhymes, all of that was used to put images in a child's mind to recreate <laughs> that landscape and storyline in their mind. Well, it's it's interesting that you said about like even nursery rhymes. I was talking to a friend of mine and we were laugh, laughing, saying, okay, we're going to go and read you a story, you know, uh, Rockabye Baby on the treetop. If the bow breaks, well, if the bow breaks, the baby's going to not be there no more, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, good night, <laughs> you know? You start yeah. to think about it now and you're like, what was I doing? But we don't know. Ring around the rosy. Who knew that it was really a, um, a death song? To be quite mm -hmm. honest, it was, you know, it was about the black plague. And so all of these and Peter, things. Peter, pumpkin eater had a wife, but couldn't keep her. So he traps her in a pumpkin shell, right? Makes her a right. prisoner. Oh, for gosh sakes. And then yeah, so many things like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and even somebody, somebody just put on the, the, um, uh, this little piggy and said, this little piggy went to market. They said mm -hmm. they weren't going grocery shopping. <laughs> they weren't buying a dress. And mm -hmm. so when you think about it, you're like, oh, oh my goodness. And so as we're waking up to all of this stuff, like there's a question that somebody that somebody uh, sent to you. Let me just go and pull this one up because I thought this was really interesting. How do you know if you might have been programmed? Wow. Um, people who've been programmed, I'm going to talk for adults at this point, mm -hmm. they usually know something's wrong. Um, somebody who's actively like a bloodliner and you're in the occult, most of them know that what they do. But some of the masses who are adults who've been programmed throughout like preschool and children's I mean, um, schools, they know something's wrong. It's interesting. I can sit down and talk with them and break through the amnesia, you know, for a little bit, but they lose it again. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if mm -hmm. you're sitting down and you begin to, and this is if they want to know. Okay. Because okay. when people don't want to know they're programmed, they hide it well from themselves. But um, it's, 
they'll have the normal post-traumatic stuff that bleeds through sometimes, you know, the nightmares, the, the little glitches of, of traumatic memory that come through. Um, but they can't maintain, like say, you know, I'm talking with somebody and I start to t talk to them and break through the barrier and they'll be like, yeah, I, I noticed that. And I noticed, you know, that, I lose time or I notice that, you know, whenever I try to pray to Jesus, I fall asleep. It's like a sleep program, all kinds of things like that. So um, they know can something's we, not normal stop about on that sleep program about praying to Jesus, because there's a lot of people who have that. Can you just give just like a quick little explanation? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's different, different people. I'm thinking of a particular person right now, sure. but um she was like, every time I try to go to Jesus, every time I try to pray, I fall asleep. Um, there's something called sleep programming, um, sleeping beauty programming. It has to do with, you know, you're, let's say you're wanting somebody to not go to Jesus. And, and there's more to it. I'm, I'm thinking so many things at one time mm -hmm. right now. So if they drug a child, make them in a sleep state and drugged state while they're trying to make them have an aversion for Jesus, Jesus becomes the retrieval cue in the mind to say, go back to sleep from the trauma. That's a I simple see. way. Okay. But there's something I described in my last interview about heaven and hell programming that comes in at the beginning. We won't go there tonight. Okay. It's too much, but okay. No, that's fine. I just felt like, because, you know, some people are going to be like, wait a second, sometimes I fall asleep. I don't want them to think mm -hmm. that just because they fall asleep, that's why I wanted you to kind of go into that. I don't want them to They'll think like they're drugged. You'll mm -hmm. watch when you get like sleeping beauty programming, you know, is one of the Disney programs. People will literally, we're not talking like you just sleepy. Sure. It's like they're drugged. They are remembering and going back to that brain straight and they'll just go out and you're like, wake up, wake up. And, and, so it's not like, oh, I'm bored and I'm sleepy and exactly. it'll happen every time it's meant to. It's just one type of program that's meant to keep you from deprogramming, keep, yes. you, keep you from getting at the program. I just, I just to dismember people it. would be like, oh, wait a second, maybe I'm programmed because I fall asleep sometimes when I'm praying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I just really wanted to to uh, to just make sure that they understood that not everything that we do just out of our natural self. Not but, but to, is. Go ahead. Go ahead. To answer a little more about knowing that you're programmed, it's yes. so hard for me to answer that question because it's not one thing. It's a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And as a clinician, even when you come in, you might say, I think I'm programmed. I'm, I can't suggest to you that you are, but what I can do is draw it out of you and you decide if you are programmed, right? Yeah. So ultimately, it'll eventually need to come out of that person themselves. I can ask questions. I can point you into certain um, directions that'll lead you to that discovery. Sure. But I don't say, oh, you're programmed. I see that type of ministry a lot of times in the church, and that's being suggestive, and I don't suggest it. But People who are programmed early on, there's something called hell programming put in um, and it 
without getting into the details of how it's done, it's a way that makes the person hate and reject Jesus. So okay. people will have a hard time feeling Jesus. Um, if you don't have, the, not everybody has that. I go to sleep when I try to go to Jesus. Some feel nothing. Some may try to go to Jesus and you get sexual flashes or, but it's, it's, they have a hard time feeling and experiencing the presence of Jesus all the way up to being like, tormented where you feel like you want to pull your skin off is the words people use trying to be in Jesus presence because of the demonic. So that's like a sign um, of something um, sometimes that can let you know you're programmed. Here's a common thing I get. I'll have people come and say things like somebody keeps astral projecting into my bedroom at night and raping me and I'm a Christian. I'm living for Jesus. I can't make it stop. I've prayed to break it and make it stop. Why can't I? And so the first thing is that's not going to happen repeatedly. Like I've had people ask to project into my home, but I make them go. It was a one-time thing because you have like a witch in your house or something and you're deprogramming and they're wanting to make them stop. But, but to have it repeatedly, you've got an open door. And so it's either you've been you have a history that you've been astral projecting and doing that new age sort of stuff and you never shut that portal mm -hmm. or you're fragmented and another part of yourself has trauma and you're not aware of it as the presenter personality. So it doesn't happen without a cause. Okay. And so you have to look for that. So things like that, people astral projecting into your home, um, messing, um, you'll have bruises and stuff like this happens with straight DID, but you may have like bruises and stuff on your body or vomit blood or different things. And you go like, I don't, why is that happening? I don't mm -hmm. remember going out to the ritual the night before. Right. Um, those kinds of things. I don't want to get too gory, but those are some symptoms. Well, yeah, but I think that there, there's so many, because we're starting to understand through this, through this entire time of uh, shelter in place, I'm trying to be very careful with my words so we don't get pulled, but in that shelter of place, there have been, there were so many different things that were put out by different individuals. There was, the, especially there was um, Out of Shadows, which started to talk about that we have all, every single person, if you've been a part of this, this world, there has been some level of programming to every single individual. Would you agree with that? I'm not saying it's demonic, but I am saying that we've been, we've been taught to react to certain things in a certain way through the programming, through the television and through, through media. Yeah, for me, just for um, clarity's sake, I like to distinguish between what I call brainwashed okay. versus programmed. When okay. I say programmed for me, I mean, others, it's just a matter of semantics. But when I say programmed, I'm thinking somebody purposefully went in, fragmented the mind, created okay. multiple personalities and made you a slave, <laughs> a Jason Bourne. That's what I right. call programmed. Okay. But we've all been brainwashed to Perfect. some degree by the world system where okay. it has told you what fashions to wear, what's your belief system, what's politically correct. You know, um, that happens okay. to all of us. And I call it being in the world system. And I believe that God's calling us out of Babylon, 
out of the world system and he's revealed who has been at the top of the seven mountains. You hear me speak out of our culture, you know, the seven mountains of like religion, education, family, media, and it's definitely been the devil. He really is the ruler of this world and we're being called out of that system. And I agree with that because even when the, the Israelites were leaving Egypt, God had to take the Egypt out of the Israelites. So if we're being called out of this system, he's going to try to pull the system out of us. It's the same kind of thing because if we've been putting, I hate to say false gods in front of us, even though we didn't realize that they were false gods, but through some of the people that we've been worshiping and some of the things that we've been doing, we we've partnered with some of the things that the world has said is the right thing to do. And I love the, the differentiation that you put between programming and brainwashing. I just felt like brainwashing might've been too much of a harsh word, but I prefer that one as opposed to programming because I think that there's a lot more that goes into programming than mm -hmm. into just being uh, brainwashed into believing something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so let's, so we've, do you feel like you you've kind of like answered that question about how do we know if we or if a family member has been programmed? Um, I mean, I could. People know something's wrong when people write me. They already have answered their question. Most of the time they'll be like this, 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 this and this. Do you think they're that they're programmed? And, I, you know, I'm, I don't put words in people's mouth. I'll be like, well, that's a very distressed person and yeah. they need help. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but they know they wouldn't be. It, it's it's amazing that if you, what the mind does, so many people are in denial. Yes. And a lot of it hides behind a dysfunctional family because we have so many and I'm not judging anybody. I get it. The family system's broken. Um, I get a lot of parents that are concerned about their children and um, they'll even adult children. And they'll be like, you know, my child's programmed and they have lots of symptoms that would say that they're programmed. But I can't help somebody that's not wanting help. So mm -hmm. I have the majority of the people is letting them know I can't help your child unless your child wants to be free and wants to be deprogrammed. But the parent can fast and pray because God's going to be moving in this community a lot more than he already is. So that's like that's what you can do now. And you can work on if you have a child that you're like, say, a teen or something is you can work on healing your own self and your own family because this the sins of parents visit the children to the third and fourth generation. Some sins go up to 10 generations. Um, children out of wedlock and homosexuality does that. So. I leave an inheritance to my children so I can get myself cleaned up and help make it easier. You're cleaning blinders off of their eyes. You're making it easier for them to break free by getting your own self cleaned up and healing the family. But you also, I would not even work with a child in a family that is not safe. Like mm -hmm. when I would have a, a child come to me as a clinician and the family, 
wouldn't deal with the family issues. It's not fair to that child for me to bring down their dissociative walls and put them in a vulnerable place when the family is just a war zone. Because okay. in order to heal, that child has to have a safe place in their home to deal with the trauma. So working on yourself is the best thing that you can do while you're waiting on your children to um, be ready, you know, to deal with these issues. So I get that question a lot. I think that's a, I think that's a really beautiful answer because if you look, Jesus couldn't heal somebody if they didn't want to be healed. That's, mm -hmm. that's just the truth. God gives us free will. So he's not going to, and it's the same thing. If somebody doesn't want to give up their demon, you can go and try to cast something out of somebody for days. It's mm -hmm. not going to move if the person has given it a right to be there. It's just yeah. the way it is. And, and I don't cast out the, like, I will show people the power of Jesus. You and I talked, I won't say the name of uh, a young lady that's a practicing witch. And like, she's programmed. And I don't cast out, she's newly seeing me. She's, she's a fighter. She's a precious young lady, but she's working through the memories mm -hmm. and seeing the programming. And while I'm working, I'll bind the entities, um, but I don't cast them out until, un unless she chooses Jesus because they would come back seven times stronger. Right. And so it's not in your best interest to cast demons out of people. Cause I could, I could make something go. I have authority, but it would return back cause it has a legal right to mm -hmm. come back. And the person's worse off than before when mm -hmm. I did it. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is this young lady is beginning to be wooed by Jesus. She'll even contact me and say, you know, bind the devils, bind the demons. I'm having a hard day because your mm -hmm. prayers work. She's seeing where the authority is in Jesus, mm -hmm. but she's not ready to give up the witchcraft yet. So like you can, anyway, I just wanted to show that. No, you but I love that. And, where they are. But see, and, and the thing that I love that you said, Gina, is that Jesus is wooing her. I love that. Because I think that when, when you can see that Jesus is going after someone, it's not like he's chasing them down. He's wooing them for them to stop where they're going, to turn around and to come towards him. He's very, very powerful in that way. So I love that you say wooing because I think that just, it just kind of puts things in a perspective of how he is just the, um, the and we don't have to shove Jesus down their throat. Nope. See, when you are living it, not white knuckling it, when you sit and you're with Jesus, we're going to talk about it later. You have life force in you on. and they want to feed on that. We're talking about that. That's pouring out yourself like a drink offering. Mm -hmm. They can taste and see that the Lord is good. So it's critical that we as the body are holy, full of God. And that's what's going to make people want Jesus. There's no that. substitute. Okay. So since we're here, you and I were talking about um, the um, about communion. Mm -hmm. So do you want to, do you want to, because we kind of talked about that. Maybe you might want to discuss that. Because I really thought that, that it puts communion into a very different perspective. 
I am. I actually have a little teaching here about Yay. that includes the the um, communion, mm -hmm. but it's it's really rooted in how Satan hacks the system of God um, and uses our energy and life force to power his system because he copied God's. So if you want me, it's included in there. If you want me to just start with that. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, come on. So you guys have heard me say that many times in my videos that programming and even not programming, but that Satan, he feeds off of our life force. When Satan fell from heaven and was he fell from heaven and like lightning, you and I had talked about how um, lightning is like a discharge of electricity of light and power. And I believe that that symbolized him losing that light. And so he's cast down into the second heaven. And so he needs his fix for light and life and power. But before we talk about his system and how he hacks it, he's the counterfeit. He copies. I want to talk about the authentic system, the original that Jesus set up, how he meant for us to partake and feed in communion with him. And so I want to use the scripture Romans 1136. And I, I'm really into the Amplified Bible right now. So that's what my version is. So I'm going to read from that. It says in Romans 11:36 that from him and through him and to him are all things for all things originate with him and come from him. All things live through him and all things center in and tend to consummate and to end in him. So it's basically saying that everything that exists comes from God, the father. It comes back through Jesus, the son and back to flows back to the father through the Holy Spirit. Everything comes from him, through him and to him. And so what that scripture is describing right there is a feedback loop of energy and life force. It's a whole cycle. Everything originated in God. And the very love that we have for God, it originated and came from God himself because God is that source of love. He has to love me first before I can receive that love he has for me and give it back to him. And so basically it takes God to live the way God intended for us to live. He wants us, that feedback loop is like being um, connected into the vine we saw and heard about in John, John. He's like, if you're not connected into that vine, that system of life and energy flow, the, the branch dies because that's the life-giving force. And so Jesus, he didn't give us the father. God didn't give us Moses through Moses, the Ten Commandments and expect us to do it ourselves. It, it, to try to do the Ten Commandments and live the way that God wants us to live. If I do it outside of God, if I do it outside of that feedback loop of feeding on the energy of the Lord, then it's carnality. I'm doing it in my flesh. I'm doing it in my own strength. And that's the same thing as eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we see that in the church. So much of the church is so carnal. 
And so we're, we're actually trying to do this thing that God called us to do in our own strength instead of letting God do it through us, him giving us the energy and the ability to do it. And so our job, like, let's just say that I'm at a stage where it's like I want to do what's right and I can't do what's right. I just I'm trying to do it. Well, then I need to go to God and say, God, help me to do it. I need to draw and drink that strength from him to give me the ability to do it. And it even goes down to the want to. I mean, all of us have times early in our walk where we don't even want to do what God is asking us to do or how to live our life so that um, we don't have the devil tormenting us. So you fast, you pray, you go and say, make me want to. So I have to go to God and receive from God to live for God. And there's no other way. Anything else is carnality. Um. Let's see. So I have to receive the love of God in order to give the love of God. And people are drawn to that life in me. People know when you've been with Jesus, they can feel it, even if they're not a Christian. When I've been with Jesus, people are drawn to that in you because we're living in a world that's so thirsty and so dry and so empty, and they want to feed off of the Jesus energy in me. And I only have it if I've been feeding off of Jesus myself. And so I want to read with that in mind, a few scriptures that might have a different illumination um, in this context. Um, in 2 Timothy 4, 6, Paul is talking and he says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. That he's talking about there about pouring out his life force and people drinking and partaking of it. And he says that a couple of times in scripture. That's scriptural. So it's not just Jesus. We feed off of Jesus and, and God. And then we can feed people with that as well, with that life force pour into them. In John 6, 53, Jesus says, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you. You cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. Unless you appropriate his life and the saving merit of his blood. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I'll raise him up from the dead at the last day. For my flesh is true and genuine food, and my blood is true and genuine drink. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me, and I in like manner dwell continually in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live by, through, and because of the Father, even so, whoever continues to feed on me, Whoever takes me for his food and is nourished by me shall in his turn live through and be because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. So we've talked about in the past how Satan has no creativity. He can't be creative in and of his own devices. He copies God's authentic. He looks and studies what God did. And he works with the creativity of man. So you have like Satan using and teaching 
um, man, some of the, the things he knows of how God's creation works, but then he activates and uses in, in um, union with man's create creativity to create things. Um, and even in other realms um, where people, he holds them prisoner and, and stuff in other realms, he'll use the creativity and the ability of man there to have them use their imagination to create structures, entities, all kinds. I mean, um, yeah, even entities and stuff in other realms, but that's a whole nother story. So Satan copied the feeding off of the life force concept from God. Um, you've heard me share how in rituals that Satan uses the release of human energy, the life force to open portals. He uses it for a lot of other things too, but you know, you have a child Everything about me is energy. Everything about me has power and light. And so if you traumatize and torture a little child and they have such powerful emotions, my emotions have real power and energy in them enough to open portals that will allow entities to come in and out. That's why they use trauma. Um, and that. Um, and so. Satan pierces the veil between dimensions by using trauma. He also does it by the sacrificing of animals and humans. He or opens portals because there's a measure of power released when the life force is given up. And, and we see that too for good because in the Old Testament, um, the Israelites had to sacrifice animals as well. Um, until Jesus came and was the last and final sacrifice. He's the only one whose blood and life force was powerful enough to, to rip and tear the veil that existed between man and God, the father. And so the only thing about the devil using animals and humans is that because it's not as powerful as what Jesus did, he has to keep spilling blood, keep traumatizing and um, keep, um, sacrificing to keep the portals open. Um, it's temporary. It's not as powerful as what Jesus did once and for all. So I want to look in the scriptures at Paul's example where he's showing the power that's released when a human is sacrificed. You know, the kind of work I do made me look at scriptures in some ways that I hadn't in the past um, looking for answers. So you might be surprised <laughs> when you look at it through these eyes, too. Um, some people have heard the saying that martyrs are the seedbed of the church. And a lot of times, you know, a, a missionary will go into some part of Africa where the gospel's not received and they just can't hear um, the gospel. There's just such a demonic stronghold. And you'll have somebody martyred and all of a sudden revival breaks out. The shedding of that blood released power that opens a portal um, in human beings on God's side that he's, that's what martyrs do too, as well, the shedding of the blood. But let's look at what Paul says in second Timothy four, four, Paul says, for I'm about ready to be sacrificed. This is what the amplified says. I'm about ready to be sacrificed. My life is about to be poured out as a drink offering. That's that drink offering again. The time of my spirit's release from my body is at hand and I will soon go free. In the Old Testament, they had drink offerings and um, you would pour out wine 
with the drink offering on the meat. Like every time you would have a blood sacrifice, it would always be accompanied with a grain and a wine offering. So right there you have the whole um, semblance of Christ. His body is the grain and the bread and the wine is the, the blood and the drink. And then you have the spilling of the blood in the Old Testament to open the portal. Um, so let's go back to the feedback loop. Everything flows from God the Father through Jesus and back to the Father through the Holy Spirit. The first time, there's something called the first law of thermodynamics. You guys may remember in high school physics where it says that energy is neither created nor destroyed, but can only be changed from one form to another. When God created the heavens and the earth, a very specific amount of energy is put into it. That energy is a closed system. You can't create new energy that flow in that um, from him, through him to him is a cycle of energy. You can change the form of that energy, but you cannot add more energy or take away from it. And so he intended for us to receive from God in that flow, that flow of everything coming from him, through him and back to him. Um, the first hack into that system happened in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve chose to disconnect from God as their source and go outside of that feedback loop, they were giving their energy knowingly or unknowingly to Satan. They were going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were be being carnal. And so that was the first time that you begin to see the hacking of that energy system of, of some of it flowing out of the closed system over here to Satan and his kingdom. And that's why the creation is decomposing a good part of it, not just because death came into the system, but so much of us when I'm carnal, every time that I'm being carnal, every time I'm trying to be godly in my own strength, every time that I'm just outright sinning, I am taking energy, my energy that God's given and put in the system and I'm pulling it out and giving it over to Satan's kingdom and he can feed off it. He can use off it, even if I'm not programmed. Like that's just he's just learned how to do a better job and not waste any of that energy by programming people. Everything about me is light and energy and power. We know from photography that I have an aura. I have light. My nervous system, my heart, it's electricity. It's it has energy. We know there's life force in my blood. My emotions have energy. They have power to them. That's why I can sit and cry my eyes out and be exhausted because I released energy. I released the energy and power that's in my emotions. And so how do I how do I stop feeding Satan's kingdoms? Let's say I'm a believer and I'm, I don't want to give my energy outside of the system. I want to stay hooked into the from God, through God and back to God system of the closed system of, of the vine, the being connected to God. 
So let's say I'm out in the world and the world has hurt me and I've just been betrayed and I've got these sad, depressed, despairing emotions. Those are the low vibration energies that Satan likes to, to um, use. But I want to take it and change the form of that energy. So if I take instead of crying off all by myself and doing whatever I do in my flesh and feeding the devil with my hate, anger and resentment, if I come back to my source, God, and I cry out and give him those emotions, my sadness, my desperation, my despair, he can change the form of it. I'm putting it back into his system and he can take the negative and turn it and feed back to me. He changes and transforms that energy. Energy can is not um, created or destroyed, but only the form of it's changed. And he feeds back to me comfort, encouragement and strength. I've just not only robbed the devil, but I've taken from the devil's hacking way of hacking the system and brought it back into God's feedback loop. Um, so now after spending time with Jesus, bringing him, he wants us to bring him our negative emotions, bringing it back into that feedback loop so he can transform it. And when I do that, I leave powered up, charged up in the, in the Lord, full of life. And I can now go back to the devil's kingdom areas where he has a stronghold and I can release that same power that I've just fed off of. <coughs> and I can um, change the atmosphere of the devil. Because I'm now releasing life. I'm releasing and changing that negative low energy that Satan operates in and changing the atmosphere. And I can feed others with that life force. God wants us to. And so we see in the church today, there's so many carnal Christians because people aren't feeding from God. That's what real communion is. The wafer is a symbol and the the wine is is representing his blood, but real communion is that still time with God. It's that time, not when I'm praying, you know, or whatever. It's when I go to him and I love him and I fellowship with him and I worship him. And that feedback loop of from him, through him, to him, from him, through him, to him, that's communion. That's my body is real food and my blood is real drink. That is me feeding off of him. And so if I've not been eating, I can't feed anybody else anything but carnality. And because we're not, we're so busy. We don't want to take time. We want to be entertained. We want our mind to be, we've not trained our mind to be still. We, we, we were not disciplined. We see so much in the body of Christ. It's only entertainment. It's only, only carnality. And you're not going to change a person's life. You're not going to really help them if they don't really taste of Jesus. They don't want us. They want Jesus in us. And so energy, just another little example. Energy is a wave. Light is a wave. Um, and I'm like a tuning fork. Okay. And I can either be tuned to hell's frequency or heaven's frequency, depending on where I'm spending time. And as a little kid, you know, when you have a jump rope, you remember playing with 
um, your little friend on the jump rope and you guys start doing a wave where it's making a wave. As long as your friend is in sync with your hand, it'll make a wave. But when they're in the opposite motion of you, it'll make a straight line and it'll cancel out your wave. That's what we're doing when we're tuned into heaven. And I walk fully charged of the frequency of heaven and go into hell's atmosphere is I cancel out hell because hell has a frequency and a sound and heaven has a frequency and a sound. And so that's what real communion is. That's how the devil hacks in to God's system. That was so good. That was so good. I got, I personally got stuff out of that because wow. it may all oh, Gina. <laughs> if you knew, if you only knew how much you answered so many different questions because I'm it, so it well, be, because sometimes when we go into churches, we can now see like how the enemy is feeding off of the church. We yes. can see why we're so not powerful. We're powerless because we're feeding him. We're feeding into his system. We're not feeding the Lord because we've gotten into this carnality where, well, I'm not being seen and they're not using my gifts and my time. No. Like, no. What is it that when we were talking on Sunday, it's like, no, I'm dead. I'm dead. Right. I'm, I'm a dead, dead man. Don't move. <laughs> I have no rights. I That's can't it. worry about my reputation. I'm a dead man. I'm I just honest. am a flow. I'm here to flow. But I think one of the things that you said that I think is really, truly important is because there have been so many times that people have been so brutally wounded at different church events by people who who orchestrated sometimes to usurp some of that power because there is power. There's power in your crying. There's power in the stuff. And when somebody, listen, when somebody tells you that you poured out and you poured out and you poured out, you better start wondering how come they know that you're pouring out. They're take they're they're counting what you're pouring. Just saying, they're they're mm -hmm. counting those. They're counting what's being poured out. I'm just trying to because I'm getting something like what. So when you start to to understand the truth of everything that we do, we make a choice in everything that we do. Are we going to give it to Jesus or are we going to give it to the devil? Mm -hmm. Seriously, because even if we don't work for the devil. Per se, we do. We do. To do it anything oh, outside of Christ and that system, you're carnal. It's carnal efforts. Come on. And it equates to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil eating from it. That is that is such a good, that is such a good and thorough teaching. And it really it it what it does is it it shows. Okay, how do I put this? It shows that people who who truly want to be in right standing with the Lord, that they will they will use the humility, that they'll step back, that they'll go to Him, just to Him, not mm -hmm. not not to paper, not to Facebook, not to Twitter. They're gonna go to Him. They're gonna pour out their stuff to Him because they don't want to get the recognition. They want mm -hmm. to get healed. Mm -hmm. That, yep. 
that's something to really think about right now, especially with what's going on. I'm just saying that there, it, it, it just, oh, there's so, there's so much. It was so, so good. It was so, so good because it puts things into, I think that the church isn't teaching this. That's one of the things that I love what you do. They're not teaching this. This is not being taught. We're not truly understanding the importance of, of what communion really looks like and the energy, the energy that's mm -hmm. opening up these portal, that's opening up these, these different events and, and leaving doors open too. Mm -hmm. Because you did talk about that. Okay. And I love that you said when we give everything to Jesus, that he's able to fix us and heal us and clean us up. And the best way I can think about it is like sometimes people just have to sit, seriously just go and sit in his lap. Like don't go to anybody else, but just go sit on his lap mm -hmm. because they, but they're not taught that. They're, and the biggest war today is be still. And, oh, and come you on. Know, <laughs> Nothing, everything's fighting for our attention. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that's in the bill being still, you know, he's God. That's and, it. you know, the people who the, the 10 virgins, the five who he says, depart from me, I never knew you. You did all the stuff because his name has power, but Jeez. he's not going to marry a bride. He doesn't know. Oh! It's relational. Only the five. Come on. Knew. They sat okay. and were still and intimate. That needs to be a t-shirt, Gina. <laughs> He's not going to marry a bride he doesn't know. That needs to be a t-shirt. I'm serious. That needs to be ingrained. In all, no, in all seriousness, because we're all, we, you know, we are, we've come out of this church age. We're moving into this kingdom age. This is kingdom food. This ain't no church food. This is no, this is not, you know, your Sunday little supper. No. This is a this is a buffet. What you just gave, what you just because people are like, wait, I gotta watch this again <laughs> because it was so. <laughs> no, seriously, they were. I was putting it up because we don't know these things. We don't understand these things. You know, I used to joke with my kid. Well, I wasn't joking. I was being truthful with them. But I would tell my my children. I would say, okay, who are you working for today? Who are you going to work for today? Are you going to work for God or are you going to work for the devil? You make your choice every single day. And we forget that. We truly do forget that. But if you're dead, hello, <laughs> then then the choice, there is no choice to make, right? You're, you're mm -hmm. going to be serving the Lord because you don't have anything in you that's looking for anything. You're not trying to get over on people. You're not trying to to uh, gain respect or or whatever. You're you're trying just to do what God has called you to do, and and that's it. And I think especially with, um, um I don't want to say anything um, harsh, but but in this, um, especially with social media, we're going to talk about the social media prophets, social media pastors, social media evangelists. We're going to just talk about those just for a second. Would they still be evangelizing and, and being prophets and going out and doing all these things if nobody saw it? That's mm -hmm. the question that we have to see is like, who is actually of their word? Do, are they living that life that if they, if the cameras were off, 
what would you see? Would you see them stopping for the one? Would you see them prophesying to the one? Would you see them praying for healing? And then, and then God saying, okay, don't tell anybody and then not tell anybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I think that, that this, this message is just so, oh man, it's so, it's so, so good. And I, I, I think that there's so much that you have that still needs to be given out. Like you, there's just, man, there's going to be the Gina Phillips show. Seriously. There's going to be like the Gina I mean, Phillips it's show. It's there for everybody. He longs to reveal to us the mysteries, but you're not going to get it without relationship. Oh, you know, yeah. it's, that's when he shows you, like when I'm sitting here uh, doing the work I do and I go, why are they killing children? Why are they, you know, why does he drink the blood? And mm -hmm. it sounds crazy, but Jesus is like power in the blood. It's real life. Yeah, and and exactly. you see, he showed me, this is how your system, my system was set up that way. I want you yep. to feed from me. Yep. And you go, oh, well, that doesn't make it so gross, you know, but it's yeah. like, you know, you sit and go, okay. But he, that's why he does it. And so when I would I would see what the enemy was doing and when I learned he's a counterfeiter, I would always go back and say, now, what's the authentic? Come and on. I, and you can do it either way. But I yep. knew I could get more because yep. in the end, that's why I try to end these with like, I'm going to tell you what the devil's doing just to expose him so you can kick his butt. But the real treasure is what God's doing, because yeah. over here, Satan was just the counterfeit. Let me tell you the good. And he has. Wow the mysteries there's things i'm chewing on now and nothing is more fun mm -hmm. than being with god when you can begin to and it's hard in the beginning to overcome the flesh and what it wants to do it takes discipline and to make your mind do what you want it to you come to a point where you tell your mind what it's going to think on. You tell it when to wow. stop. No, you're not going to be afraid. And and it's like, I can live there. Because why? Because God, you begin to practice. You begin to sit with God. If I'll fill myself up with the good, if you mm -hmm. walk in the spirit, you won't mm -hmm. give place to the flesh. We try to stop the bad and not replace it with the good. That's so good. It, you can't. You must always. Okay, so take let a me, bad habit and replace it with a good one, or you'll never kick the bad habit. Okay, so you've explained the counterfeit of communion and the reason why they do what they do because there's power in it. There's power in it. Okay, so what about speaking in tongues? Because there are so many people, they're like, no, oh, I don't know, the speaking in tongues thing, maybe not. But I can tell you for me personally, it ignited everything. That was, that was like, I got myself a, I had a battery and I got jumper cables and God shocked me and I got woo, right off. That was the difference for me. That's when everything shifted. That's when I started having visions and I started doing these things. And to, so I, I, I would love to hear what the counterfeit is just so that I have more ammunition to tell people the importance of it. I don't know why this is such a, um, a stronghold for people. And I, I, what I believe it is, I believe it's control because they don't want to be out of control. That's my personal opinion. But I would love to hear what you think. The counterfeit of us speaking in tongues, they speak in tongues too Thank you. on the other side, but they're piping into demonic. And it's the same thing. It's a flow of that demonic energy. 
they prophesy they get it from the second heaven but they they do they they speak in tongues children do it i've had children who do it they it's just it's an immersion when we're baptized in the holy spirit we've moved from just salvation to being immersed in god and it's the same thing on the dark side and they pray in demonic tongues programmed people um they pray they can talk in any language they sit and channel demons you can go to russia and speak russian and do you know they do it other languages too That's and yeah we're and and yeah christians because it was given to us heck it was given to us all of these gifts having given to us the, the ability to travel in the spirit was given to us because you can see you can see that philip was traveling in the spirit you can talk that we can go to heaven yet the they go to heaven. They go to the courts. And yet Christians don't. It blows my mind, Gina, that that we're so, and I don't know if it's it's because they have controlled the church, which is what I think has to, because why else would we want, why wouldn't they be teaching this stuff? Right. Sorry, you, yeah, you have people, I mean, I've had, they go up to, you have a plant in your church and they'll go up to a pastor and be like, you don't teach that kooky stuff like speaking in tongues, anything with the power. They'll put pressure. Yes. They tried it and they've done this over the years and you begin to water down. They've been influenced, um, influencing the pastors. If the pastors are not even, I know many that have come to me, their wives mostly, who are programmed themselves. It's like, but that's changing. That's yes, changing. it is. That And see, that's the beautiful part. Okay, because now that we know that there is a counterfeit, we know that there's a counterfeit, we know what the authentic, the authentic one looks like, we can say, okay, that's going to trump, sorry, <laughs> it's going to trump whatever the demonic is. That's what we're going to see. I mean, I think about John Paul Jackson, whom I actually, I really loved and learned so much from, mm -hmm. but he used to go and he would take a team and go into these like new age or Satanist or whatever, where they would do readings and all this stuff. And when he would come in, everything else got shut down because of the greater power. That's like even what you were talking about with the young lady that you're working with, that she knows you have power and she knows that your power trumps the power that she's seen. Since you're bringing up the new age, there was something I wanted to share. I get a lot of people because I teach and talk about realms and other dimensions. I get a lot of people that are into new age that listen to me, write me. And I, I love them. And I'm going to share something because I'm I'm a very bold person. I share this because I love you. But at the same time, I, I respect your choice because God gives people the choice. But I want to talk about people who astral project, people who are going to other realms in the new age. And, you know, what they are encountering is real. These dimensions are real. The entities they encounter are real. And the church has not caught up to them yet in that respect. But what they're doing is the occult. Mm -hmm. It's like the occult, that word means secret or hidden. And so they're trying to go and, and venture into other and get information apart from Christ. Again, as we just talked about, Jesus is the door. He said that anybody who comes through him, he's the gate, he's the door. Anybody else coming, trying to come the other way is a thief, right? And so 
the new age, when you're going into another realm, when you're astral projecting, you're not protected. Jesus is that door that protects me. And the new agers will know what I'm saying is true. When you're in these other realms, people are raped there when they're astral projecting. They'll have parasitic entities attached to their soul that they can't get rid of. They'll sit. I have had people that I've worked with and deprogrammed who would say I would be in that realm waiting for little people dabbling to come and I would capture them parts of their soul and keep them prisoners there. Cause when you're astral projecting, you're leaving a residue of yourself in another realm that has your DNA and it can be used. So you're not safe. You're not safe because you're not going through the door. That is Jesus. And then one more thing, you don't go to Jesus and try to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go to heaven or astral project. You go to him relationally and out of fellowshipping with him, he may choose. I've, I've been caught up to heaven twice. I've, I've been to the throne room. I've been um, to the gates of heaven, but I didn't go looking for that. Mm -hmm. I was loving on Jesus. I'm mm -hmm. there with Jesus and I'm just going, Oh, I want to be with you, where you are. I love you. I long for you. And he caught me up out of my come body. On. That's the difference. He's the door That's and he right. wants you to come there and be where he is, but I'm protected by going through him. And so I just wanted to share that with the new age type people. You're doing that, but you're at risk. You're at risk when you do that. It's dangerous because you don't have the protection of so how Jesus. They, how would somebody who's doing it or who's used to doing it, how would they stop? Do they have to cut that? Because I know that there is that silver cord. Do they just have to cut that silver cord while they're awake? No. no. The okay. Silver cord is in do? our scripture. That silver cord, the Bible says, is cut when we die. That's oh, okay. what connects us to God in this body. And when I don't okay. need the body anymore, it's cut. And that's in the scripture. But okay. they know that because they see that cord when you astral project, even if you're not a Christian. They know it. it's a silvery kind of cord. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad that I asked that question because <laughs> no, I no, I think it I think it's important because people don't understand. So I think that they have to understand that it is scripture. That's it's in like, Ecclesiastes. It's in Ecclesiastes. It talks about the silver cord. See, all this stuff's in scripture. People just didn't know it mm -hmm. until you start saying, God, show me it. It's like it's not going against scripture. These things are there. We right. just didn't know what to look for. Absolutely. So, you know, there are times like for like for me, for instance, like when I worship, sometimes that's when I have encounters where where sometimes I just see things. But then sometimes I actually go places. But it's usually I usually don't do it unless I'm in worship, unless I feel the Lord going, OK, I got to show you something. You know, it's just like where where it says in, in Revelations come up here, I need to show you something which is, it's not, you know, I'm brushing my teeth and all of a sudden I feel the, the presence of the Lord coming down and I'm like, all right, let me just get to the door and, and shut the door because I don't want my kids to find me on the floor. I don't want them to be freaking out, you know? So it's like, I'm, wait, I'm coming. And I'm like trying to get to the door and shut the door, you know, but I can feel the presence of the Lord coming down. You know, it's not something that I was like, hey, I think I'm going to go do that. But can we, can we talk about, um, because a lot of people do go to the courts of heaven. Is that something that we can ask to go to? Or is it something that we can 
go to because I know like people, mm -hmm. the new agers, not the new agers. I shouldn't even say that. It's really more the, the cabal and the Satanists. They've been going to the, to the courts. Is that something that we can do as believers? Cause it says that we are seated in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can sit and say, you know, I approach the courts of heaven, but I'm not going to astral project there. Christ okay. may give me the visual there and I'll, and you know, when I approach him, but I can speak and I am, my spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly yeah. places, not just in heaven, but heavenly places. I've seen my spirit woman and see the closer you get to God, and the more purified that you and surrendered you get, the clearer you see him, the pure of heart. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the pure in heart see God. Um, and so it's if I have somebody that's just living like hell and they're having these encounters all the time, I'm suspect. You know, they're like, oh, I saw this and I went this and this and you see their life and you're like, that's not scriptural. It can happen, you know, mm -hmm. sovereignly, but it's not going to be this regular thing. Right. Um, so. Okay, so my spirit woman is there and you begin yeah. to see those things, but I still go through Jesus. I can pray and appeal to the courts of heaven and say I come before the thrones of heaven or whatever, but I'm not going to sit in visual and say I'm going there. I would go through Jesus, always through the door, okay. always through him and let him take me where he wants to take me. Does that okay. make sense? Because if I start looking for that, I'm going to find the counterfeit. That's a good thing. To, that's a really good thing because we're not, like I said, you know, we, we don't know. And let me ask you a question. If we're seeing something, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're traveling there. It just means that we're seeing it, correct? Or is okay, it? Okay, you oh. can, like here, uh, let's see. We, we had a whole <laughs> other teaching here, but I love that you're curious. Um, my spirit... You could be seeing, like you can be seeing your spirit woman. I've seen, you know, doing different things. Okay. But probably the most common thing is that you meet in Jesus in the garden, <laughs> which okay. is my soul. Okay. Remember, you've we've talked about. I'd have to do a teaching sometime on realms, but the the soul. You have the conscious mind and the unconscious mind okay and then you have the seat of the soul the heart is the seat of the soul it's the bridge between the spirit and my soul okay is the the heart that's where programming's put in but it's also i believe the garden where adam met with god in the cool of the day right. sometimes right. when you're really deep in prayer in earlier years i would always see like this meadow i've had a lot of people see it's mm -hmm. like it's like this green meadow or trees mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. it's a garden and it's like i'm now that's where i meet jesus all of the time okay i am an enclosed garden and I, in that garden, that's where the seeds, the whole parable of the seeds, where you can have the good seeds and the bad seeds. I believe that's where the tree of knowledge and good and evil is okay. in the seat of my soul, that bridge between my spirit realm, my mm -hmm. spirit man and my flesh body. And so I believe it's a real place. And I believe people often see Jesus there. He comes and meets us there. It's a real realm. Mm -hmm. Every spirit being has a, Dan Duval teaches great on this. Every spirit being also has a realm. I've been given a realm and that is my realm. That soul, that is where I meet Jesus. 
the heart in this of my the seat of my soul is my heart and that's where he builds his throne in my heart right okay so that's where programming is too and there's weeds there and there's good stuff and of god two types of seeds are planted there too um, but I believe it's a real realm. And I believe that people often do see that when they're praying and meeting with Jesus. That's that garden okay. where Adam met with Jesus in the cool or God in the cool of the day. I believe. Right. Okay. Because, you know, I, I, I'm just kind of, I, I'm just trying to, to listen and, and think about some of the different people who've had different experiences. Like there are a lot of people who've danced with Jesus. And they've had these beautiful encounters where they danced with him, not expecting to dance with Jesus. I'm just saying, like, you know, when you start to dance with Jesus, it's not like you're like, ooh, I'm going to go and dance with Jesus today. But but like for for somebody like me, if I'm trying to 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 tell someone like I've had this encounter and God's not going to not give you this type of an encounter. Am I actually an error of that? Because I want them and I long for them to have that type of an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. And I believe it's real. I believe that it's real. You yeah. are meeting with him. I uh -huh. dance with Jesus all the time. Like the dancer. <laughs> all the time we splash in the river of life. I uh -huh. drink from the river of life. We uh -huh. love on each other. Uh -huh. That's the relational part of me okay. meeting with him in the garden. Okay. Okay. And yes, our, our renewed imagination, it's like a redeemed imagination. It's I like, like that. that's yeah. that creative part. He mm -hmm. meets us there. The mm -hmm. devil uses that creative part in programming, because mm -hmm. but he'll meet me there. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I don't think that's an error at all. You're going to Jesus. Right. I want to find you, Jesus. Show me yourself. He's the door. It's not mm -hmm. the same as saying, I want to astral project and see another realm, and I want to leave my body and know the oh, mystery. No. It's not <laughs> the same. As no. long as you go through the door, you're safe. Okay. Go to Jesus, through Jesus. Okay. Because, you know, with there are so, because I believe, and you and I kind of have talked about this, that I believe that the veil is very thin right now between the different spiritual realms, especially because of all the craziness that's been coming forth and we're becoming, we're becoming, um, we're waking up to being the sons and daughters, just like it talks about in Romans 8. So it says that, you know, there's going to be greater things. You know, Jesus says that we are going to do greater things. So because this veil is becoming so thin that we're going to start to see more angelic encounters, we're going to start to see these things. It's, I I think it's important for people to have um, some sort of a grasp or an understanding of what is okay to be asking for versus what we should stay away from, if that makes sense. It does. And I think it needs to be taught on because there is the counterfeit that mm -hmm. we're seeing rise up. It's going to be the, the hmm. there's the real and Satan, when he sees us moving into that, he tries to deceive and create his alternative. There is a fake Jesus that people encounter I believe it's the Jesus consciousness and stuff that you hear in the new age, but it's also in programming In programming. They literally, I don't want to get too much into how it's done. There's a fake Jesus. When I'm okay. dealing with people in programming, I have to always say, we, is that the real Jesus? 
you have to test the spirits. I get a lot of emails from people and, and this is for you. If Jesus comes to you mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I've had him come to me. It's like, test it. And if an angel comes to you, I've had that. Yeah. You have to say, you test it. Who is Jesus Christ? And mm. if they, if it's an angel, they'll usually bow down and, and honor. If it's some fake thing, they go. Yeah. If it's, if it's like even Jesus himself coming to you, test it. Who is Jesus? And if it's not that he, you know, is the son of God who died and rose from the dead for the sins of the world, it's going, you're going to see that Jesus manifest as something ugly when you Ooh. test it. And it happens all the time. And in programmed people, they're getting a fake Jesus. You can get the goosebumps. You can get the, you know, oh, this is just such light. Satan comes as an angel of light. There are, right. it's real. And right. you won't know the difference. Test it. Test every spirit. And it's in the Bible for our protection. Just because it gives you goosebumps and makes you feel all whatever. Wait till you see the Antichrist stuff. They're going to be so, make you feel so great. And, and you got to know the word. There's yeah. too many people you got to know. It's going to be a fine line. That deception will be so great. Well, and that's one of the things that, you know, we've been, there's so much that's going on right now, especially in the church where there are people who are saying, don't listen to this person or you need to do this. And there are people who are, who are hearing things and we're hearing these, these two different places of people who at one point we followed. There are yes. people who we followed at one point that we thought they were so spot on. And now all of a sudden they've turned saying that they got it wrong. I, yeah. know, I didn't want to go there, but I guess I'm going there. Um, but, mm -hmm. but yet there are people, you know, because I truly believe this is how I believe about the prophetic prophetic, the, a prophetic word is going to confirm what God has already spoken to you. Uh -huh. That's what I believe. It should. It, it should. should. It should. Mm -hmm. And so if it doesn't, if like if somebody comes to me and gives me a, a prophetic word and God's never talked to me about it, I'm going to take that. I'm going to discern it or I'm going to put it on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the shelf because it might not be for now. But most of the most of the people who I do follow, they've been confirming stuff that God's already spoken to me. Mm -hmm. And so we have to then say, okay, but if God has been speaking this to me and now everybody is like, you know, abandoning the ship, <laughs> I keep, I keep calling them. It's the prophets that bailed, <laughs> so, but how, how do we stay? Because, you know, there is that fine line and it says the very elect will be deceived. And, and if our heart cry is like, Lord, I don't want to be deceived. So if I'm wrong, tell me so I can repent. So I can get back into the boat with you. Because that's the only boat you want to be with, to be quite honest, is to be in Jesus's boat, right? Mm -hmm. Staying close to him. He knows the difference between rebellion and ignorance. Okay. And so it's like we are going to be moving into a time where we have to know each other after the spirit. Okay. Because it's the deception. I think that the fight, the battle and the dividing in the church between the wheat and the tares is going to get much I agree. more ugly and ramped up. I do agree with and that. And so we're going to have, and the devil knows it. When you start revealing his tares, he's yeah. trying to confuse us. He's trying to traumatize us. You're going to see pointing, blaming, and it's just like step back and trust God. Mm -hmm. And, and he's not going, 
be careful who you follow. But yes. we can see, we can see if those who have eyes to see are already seeing. I think yeah. it's just shocking and sometimes heartbreaking breaking that hearts are being revealed for what they are. Yeah. Because sometimes and, they're our loved ones. Exactly. And the other thing too is one of the things that, that I had this vision when I was going through a, a season and I, I would say to Jesus, I'm like, okay, just put me in your back pocket. Just put me in your back pocket. And I literally would see myself through my imagination. I would see myself in Jesus's back pocket and I would pick myself up and I turn and I'd look and I'd be like, kind of like the groundhog. And I'd look and I'm like, yep. Nope. And I go right back down in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and I would use that visual because I, what I was doing is I was checking the atmosphere and I felt that it was safer to be in his pocket, which is really his heart. It, the way that I was seeing it, I saw it as a pair of blue jeans and I was kind of stuck in his back pocket. But what I was thinking is, is it's more like being in the trenches, the trenches of his heart going deeper, going, digging yourself in deeper because the enemy can't see you. If you're buried in him, mm -hmm. you're off the radar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as things transpire, we're going to have the best of times and the worst of times, the yep. most righteous and closest people to God and the darkest. It's going to be such a dichotomy of darkness and light, mm -hmm. but it's going to either drive us to God or drive people away. Yes. And so it's like we're going to the times are going to force us to be as believers who are set apart for this time, we're going to be closer. He's going to use the hardships of the times to kill our flesh. Yes. yes. To cut off things that don't matter that are hindering us so we can run. Right. Um, yeah. And especially that fear of man, because I think oh, that's yeah. one of the big things, because if you haven't gotten over that fear of man, that's been You're one about of the to if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, then there's that. <laughs> then there, those are the things like, oh, yay, you know, because I think when, when we start to look at it and we say, okay, God, God's going to use me. Yay, God's going to use me. Fantastic. He's going to use you. But what's the first thing he's going to do? He's going to clean out that vessel. He is going to make sure that that thing is so clean that there's nothing in it that's going to taint whatever he pours in. That's where we have to understand. And so when we when we get chosen for a assignment, because it's only assignments, that's basically what it is. He's going to make sure that we are fully equipped for whatever assignment he's going to give us. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let me just ask you one more thing. And then, because I know it, it's kind of late, but I just want to ask you one more thing. So what do you see? Um do you see that the programming or the things that are being released from, from those who have been programmed, do you see that becoming even more that is going to be really out there? Because one of the things that the Lord showed me is he said, you're going to start to see people manifest on yeah. television. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, they, yeah. Like we're going to see. Yeah. We're going to see as that veil thins, you're going to see the devils walking around and the angels walking around. You're going, it's going to be, well, remember Satan at some point, And I believe we're at that point now where he's battling in the second heaven. Mm -hmm. he, he's defeated by Michael and he's cast down to earth mm -hmm. and he knows his time is short. It says his wrath is great. Then um, 
that's going to happen. I, you yeah. know, that's yeah. he's going to be down here. We're going to see things that are going to blow our minds. But uh, I'm, but I'm just, yes, I'm, I, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Okay, because right now I sort of feel, and I don't, and there are some other people who kind of have have said similar things. I kind of felt like our our timeline got jacked, like 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 Satan took our timeline and messed it up, and he released something sooner that was supposed to be released later because the church wasn't prepared for this. That's why I believe God's been like expediting things so quickly to get us caught up. So do you think he's going to give us a moment like to like breathe and to like reposition ourselves so that we can get fully equipped, that we can learn and to grow? I think we're going to learn in battle. I think oh, we're going to be the Gideons. I okay. think the remnant is going to be those who know how to hold the sword and drink from the water at the same time. Okay. I think we're going to see a lot of people. I mean, people don't like to hear this, but the lukewarm, like if you're not drawing close to God, you're not going to make it in the days ahead. You're yeah. not, there's yeah. not going to, there lukewarmness. It's over hot yep. or cold. Yep. Pick a That's side. True. Pick a side. And so, yeah. Yep. And so we're in that. And yes, I do believe that the, you know, well, the scripture says that Satan tries to change the times and the seasons. Yeah. But I believe we're going to be warring up until, and I believe there'll be sheep nations and goat nations. Not everybody we're seeing the antichrist stuff rolling out. Yeah. But not every nation is going to be given over. I don't believe, I think there'll be Christian nations. There'll be refuge cities. There'll be all yeah. kinds of things like that. So we're going to be literally as the remnant walking in the powers of the age to come. I believe yeah. we'll have cities the enemy can't touch. I believe that we will have hubs where people are saved, discipled, healed and sent yes. out quickly. Yes. I believe we will be transported in the spirit. I believe oh. that, you know, we're going to be doing the greater things. Yep. Um, it's coming. I so I think it's going to be glorious for us, <laughs> but not so glorious for some of the others, you know, so draw near to him, let him clean you up, be relational, come out of the world system. It's coming down. Babylon will fall. Yes. The world system. Um, and so he's calling his people out of that now. So, and it's so good. The story's good. This is, you know, the, the revelation is the apocalypse. It's the unveiling of Jesus. Come on. It's like, it's our Jesus being shown that he is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, there's all this other stuff happening while no, we're we doing it. it. It's but, an adventure. It's a good thing. See that that's the Gina that I was describing. <laughs> so we're going to kick some demons it's and when fall, we're going to just make sure you kick their foot, <laughs> kick their head. Win. The devil yeah. is here to make yeah. me more Jesus like. Yes, He's come on. Drive me to him. He is not a threat to me. Mm -hmm. He just makes me better. That, and I that's, love that. that's just don't be afraid of them. Mm -hmm. We're only afraid of them if we're like trying to keep one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. You know, it's like I have so many people that used to preach, you know, or there's people out there who go, oh, I'm just all in the world and looking like the world. And I call it freedom in Jesus. And I'm going, no, you're in bondage because yeah. we're not to look like the world. We're a peculiar people. We're consecrated. On, we're set apart. We're holy. We Come need on. to look 
different and sound different and talk different. That's right. And that's bondage and you're deceived if you're looking I like that. I love that. You are so There's awesome. Nothing to fear. This is an adventure. Like I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not joking. This is a good time. It's mm. a good time. So you, so you got the true hopium, hope in Jesus. I love my Jesus. Come on, so do I. <laughs> and I want to hurry up and get finished here, and I want to go home. I want to go sorry. like the, there. I don't want anything of the world. Like well, it, I don't want it. I don't want anything of it. I just want Jesus, and I want to well, go home. I want to finish, and I want to go be with Jesus. This is one, and I'm not. And I'm not depressed. Like and, I'm and not, not suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. That bride is going to be so in love saying the spirit and the bride say come. That's yes. what's going to draw him back. Yes. He's coming back for us going, yes. oh, Jesus, come I'm on. so in love with you. And I can't. That's where we're headed. Yes. That's, that's us. Not a that's bad right. thing. He is. He's coming for a spotless bride. And she is going to be radiant. And she is going to be beautiful. And she is going to be us. Yes. That's what I saw. I saw him rolling out the red carpet because we're the <laughs> remnant for people to walk on to get to the king. Because mm -hmm. that's what a red carpet was for. It was never for stars. It was yeah. for the king. And, yeah. and so that's that's the whole thing. So I'm, I'm excited. I am excited. The only thing that I keep saying, I, I'm like, okay, I want you to come, but don't come yet because we got too much work to do. There are too many people who don't know him. There are too many people who are. He's not going to lose heart. one. That's He's not going to lose one. Yeah. Thank, thank you for saying that because that's yeah. exactly how I feel. Like, look, because there are people who are like, all right, let's, you know, let's get on to the rapture and let's just, you know, I'm like, roll up your rapture rug. If you are thinking about getting out of here, then you still got work to do. Because yeah. you should be worrying about the people who don't know him, not worrying about yourself. I don't. Now, I'm going to rouse and give noogies to that last person who finally chooses Jesus. He's not going to lose one, but I'm going to be like, it took the whole shaking of the earth and the cracking open and all this to get you to finally say you needed Jesus. He's going to get noogies, whoever it is, <laughs> in heaven for like eternity. Like, you little stinker. Yep. You made us stay here, you know, longer. Yep. No, and it's, but it, you know what, if you really think about it, because Jesus so loved the world, like he so loves the world and we, we have to, that's the hard part as we're coming into this next, I don't know what you'd call it, this next phase that we're about to go through where we're going to see some ugly stuff, but we're going to see some ugly stuff. Mm -hmm. And as we start to see this, we have to keep in our, we have to keep our minds and our hearts softened to what jesus thinks about them yep that's really so important especially because because we can get wrapped up in that feeding frenzy of hatred and and uh, and persecution and and you know you know crucify them you know we could get we can get wrapped up into that and so we have to be as christians as as ambassadors of the kingdom we have to be so so careful so i but wanted to stay in the feed loop you won't. There you, go. <laughs> you will love. That's there the secret. Not the white knuckling it. Go That's back it. to him. Go back to him and just sit there and cry with him. Because he's going to be crying. He's mm -hmm. going to be crying. 
when he sees them because he and and that's the beautiful part is that Jesus doesn't look at sinners and go, good, we're gonna he he weeps. He weeps because they chose they chose this path. And so we we will be weeping with him. That's the that's the heart of the father. Not to yeah. lose one, yeah. but to weep when they make a bad choice. Yeah. That's it. So Gina, this has been Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you thank you enough for just sharing everything that you have shared. And so if people want to get in touch with you, they can go to your web website, which is Gina-Phillips.com or dash Phillips.com. And you, they can find out information. And now if somebody would like to pour into your ministry or to help you to, because I, I know that you you deal with people who might not have income, especially if they're coming out of a, a satanic ritual abuse situation or they're, they've run away from from whoever. So is is there also a link on that if they would like to to bless you? Okay. Yep, we so, have a PO box and a, and a PayPal. Giving. Perfect. Perfect. So just make sure that you guys go over to her website, make sure that you take it down so that you can go and bless her because her teaching is so important. My goodness, the the people are just thank you and thank you Aww. and thank you. Oh my goodness. This was so good. And I'm just going to say this, Gina, if you'd like to come back and talk about portals, I'd love to have you come back because I I would love to learn about that because I think that's the next phase is mm -hmm. going to be these portals. Let's talk about redigging the ancient wells. How about that? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. You see that direct portal to heaven. See, you're now you're now you're speaking my language because I am I am so excited about some of the things that God has been kind of giving me just a little bit of a just a little bit of a preview of what's coming. So but thank you so much for coming and thank you for, for coming on Touch by Prayer. God bless you. And God I'll, bless you. I'll, I will say goodbye to you in just a second. Let me just uh, put you out. So guys, I hope that this has blessed you. My goodness gracious, was she amazing? She is so amazing. And I hope that, um, that you guys have learned. If you really enjoyed this, please go ahead and share with your friends share this out to, to anybody who has been having questions, because I truly, truly believe that this, man, it is the best, the best is coming. So thank you guys so much for hanging on and, and hanging um, out with us. This is uh, going to be fantastic. Next week, I have Adam Thompson. We're going to talk about angels. So until then, God bless and remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.